The truth is I have the best job in Vermont. I am so lucky to be able to do what I do and I've been doing it for 38 years now. And I think the reason, there are a lot of reasons why it's a great job. I get to wander around Vermont working um, in lots of different communities on lots of interesting projects. But I think in the end, it's really about the people. For this episode of Mud Season Podcast, we remember Paul Brune, who passed away this past Thursday at the age of 72. As co-founder and first and only executive director of the Preservation Trust of Vermont, he is widely responsible for the way Vermont looks today. Hundreds of historic barns, country stores, and other important structures are still standing as a result of his lifelong mission to preserve the Vermont landscape and fortify our downtowns. This includes when he was able to convince Walmart by working with them to locate their store in a downtown, the first time they had ever done that. Producer Leah Kelleher and I had the honor of hearing Paul tell this story in his home last month, and it only takes a minute of listening to him talk to hear how passionate he was about the state of Vermont. Here is the full uncut audio from our interview with Paul Brune on July 26th, 2019. Yeah. Okay. So when I was doing research about all of the controversy, all of the news from the 90s about Walmart coming, one thing I saw was um, about the endangered list and how Vermont was put on the national endangered list around that time. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what that means for Vermont? So uh, for many years, the National Trust for Historic Preservation had what they called their 11 most endangered properties list. And they used it to highlight challenges that exist in the uh, world of uh, community development and historic preservation. And um, this one year, 1993, um, we were starting to get word that Walmart was coming, and then we expected Home Depot and Lowe's and all the big boxes. And uh, they had already announced that they were interested in a site in Williston. And a great local group was formed, the Williston Citizens for Local, um, Williston Citizens for Responsible Growth. And we worked very closely with them. We helped fund them. Um, we helped them with strategy um, and uh, in, their, in their battle uh, with Walmart. Well, Steve and Linda Bradish, who were members of that group, uh, were going to Washington. And they called me and they said, so do you think we should go talk to the people at the National Trust to see whether um, they might list us, Williston, on the most endangered list, that that would give us this really big lift. And I said, well, you can try, but, you know, it seems like kind of a long shot to me. Well, they went, and they went and had a visit with Constance Beaumont, who was then uh, director of policy at the trust. And after they left, Constance called me and said, wow, I think this is a really big story how about we think about listing the entire state of Vermont? Because that's really what's at risk. And I thought, well, you're absolutely right. And I'm flabbergasted that you all would be interested in going in that direction. And she said, well, I don't know whether we'll get there, but I think this is a big story and it's a big story nationally. 
and and clearly it's a big story in Vermont. And so that's how it happened. It was really amazing. And it was the first time a state was listed? First time that a state was listed. Um, you know, I think virtually every other time that the listings have been individual buildings or maybe a downtown, but certainly not a large geographic area and certainly not a, an entire state. And was that because of places like Walmart threatening downtowns yes. primarily? Yes, yeah, it was the whole threat of big box development and what that would do to downtowns and village centers and, um, and the landscape. Along that line, why is building a store in a downtown? Why is building Walmart in the downtown of Rutland better for the downtown overall than, say, putting it outside of a community like Walmart and other box stores like to do? Can you take me through that a little bit? Yeah, we had, when this all came up, we oh, had. I'm just going to pause uh, the phone vibration. Oh. <laughs> it was picking up from the microphone. I was like, wait, what is that? <laughs> the little things that no one else can hear. Yes, hear. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting right here and I don't hear it. <laughs> so hopefully, why don't I put it? So when this issue came up in 92 and 93, um, it was interesting um, first that um, the developer, Jeff Davis, was a former board member of ours. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. He, yes. He was a really good guy with one flaw. <laughs> and that was, you know, he was a developer of big boxes. Um, in any event, we had a conversation um, at our board meeting. We were actually in Stowe when this happened. And we had a fascinating discussion. Um, there were people um, who wanted Vermont to be Walmart-free. There were others, um, including the board chair, um, who was a former legal aid lawyer, who said, wait a minute, there are a whole lot of people in Vermont who need this kind of shopping opportunity. And if we... Um, don't recognize that, we really run the risk of being elitist. And so as we had this debate and this back and forth, and we went on for you know, a few hours about this, it was a really robust, interesting conversation. It was great. Um, and we, um, in the end, um, decided to try to thread the needle. And uh, what that was, what we came up with, was that, one, we wouldn't oppose Walmart. Well, that wasn't the issue. The issue was sprawl. And if Walmart would build stores that fit into our downtowns, um, we would be delighted. And that way we would all win, that they would help strengthen downtowns. They, um, consumers would have choice and the opportunity to shop there if they wanted to or needed to, um, but that we wouldn't be undermining the vitality of our downtowns and village centers by having these things way out of town. Right. So that was the whole rationale, and it was, um, I think it's been a policy and an approach that has really served us well all these years. 
Nobody can charge us with being elitist. You know, we're not about pickling Vermont. Um, we get that there are a lot of people in this state that need that kind of shopping experience. But we also don't want to undermine the, our downtowns and village centers. And in effect, that undermines our brand, which is probably our greatest economic asset in Vermont. Yeah, it's crazy how that is. It, it is such a part of Vermont, the idea of something being made in Vermont. There's there's very few states like that, I think. Yeah, I mean, nobody buys maple syrup from Rhode Island. <laughs> no one's buying, well, I guess you're buying Ben & Jerry's from other places, but, you know, you have, like, Ben & Jerry's made in Vermont. You have Cabot, you have... Yeah, I think that that's right. There is There is a bit of a mystique about Vermont, but it serves us well, and it serves us in a lot of different ways. One way is um, with tourism, but... More than that, and maybe more importantly than that, is that it gives us great places to live and work and raise kids and raise, raise a family. And um, you know, um, uh, oh God, what is his first name? Excuse me, I'm sorry. Let me start this. Um, uh, his name is Cavette. And he's a really good guy. Well, I'll just say this. So the legislature, the legislature has a, their own economist that um, helps them sort out big economic issues. And he likes to talk about um, amenity income, that lots of us in Vermont are here because we love it and we appreciate the resources that we have and the scale of this place and the sense of community that we have. And we're willing to live here and make a lot less money than we could somewhere else because of those amenities. And that those amenities are, you know, part of the, our overall individual and collective wealth. Well, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, the idea of going and exploring a place and then coming back because even if you're making more money there, even if the cost of living is less somewhere else, you do that, you do feel that loss of other things and it's huge for happiness. Yes. Yes. The old good old happiness quotient. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And those things make a difference. Yeah, for sure. And it'll be interesting to see, I know I've, this is a little off topic, but I've seen studies recently coming out about what is happiness, mm-hmm. what brings people happiness, right. and those qualities that you find in Vermont is huge. Yep, absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. I think we have one of the highest happiest indexes mm-hmm. in the country, yes. too. Yep, I think that that's right. Okay. Well, kind of backtracking, so <laughs> you... No, it's all good. It's all good. Um so you guys talked about it. You came to a consensus about how you felt about Walmart. Uh, and I should say, can I add, if you can piece this together, that when we finished, we did have a consensus. And everybody said, you know, this is the right approach. Um, so that was pretty amazing. And as I say, it's a position and a policy that has really served us very well over the years. Now, was this before or after after you were on the um, Bob Kinzel 
show of VPR. That was before. That was before. Yep. Okay. So now you're on the show with Bob Kinzel and you're talking to John Schinkel. Don Schinkel. Don Schinkel. Don Schinkel, yep. Who was the... He was vice president of corporate affairs Okay. Um, at Walmart. Okay. And so you had a conversation with him on the show, but then afterwards you guys talked about your ideas approaching Walmart coming to Rutland specifically? Uh, no, just coming to Vermont. Yeah, the show was, what was fun, there were a lot of things that were fun about this show, but one of the things that was fun was that he was expecting an out-and-out opponent. And so he didn't quite know what to do with me. Um, because I said, no, no, Don, we're not opposed to Walmart. This is all about location and scale. And if you guys want to come to Vermont and do it in a different way, we would welcome you. And we get that there are a lot of people in Vermont who need the kind of shopping experience that you provide. But we'd like you to think about doing it in a way that doesn't undermine the essential character of Vermont. And he like was like really couldn't figure out quite how to deal with me in this conversation. So um, we did the show for an hour, and then we continued for at least half an hour, but I think it was more, maybe 45 minutes or an hour. And in the end, he agreed that he would bring the key people to Vermont to look at possible downtown locations. And, uh, and that's how it happened. They came, and um, we <clears throat> first went to St. Albans. They didn't like um, the St. Albans location that we showed them because they um, had no experience at that point in having two-level stores. Um, in the time since, they, when they went to England, for example... They had to learn how to do two-level stores because the English planning system was not going to allow them to build um, greenfield in greenfields. They had to build downtown, and, they, and if they wanted the kind of scale that they wanted, they had to build multi-story um, stores. Um, so they didn't have any of that experience um, when they came to Vermont the first time. And so they looked at the St. Albans location and they said, mm, that's not going to work. So then uh, we came to Burlington and showed them downtown Burlington. There's a lot of funny stories about that, but um, they'll cut to the chase. And they, we showed them a site where uh, Macy's is. Macy's wasn't there. It was an open um, field at that point. And uh, but was there to be developed. And he, Tom C., who was their vice president for real estate, looked around and, you know, he was a smart guy. He could tell whether there was a lot of business being done in this place or not. And clearly there was a lot of business being done. And there were a lot of um, national chains that were located in Burlington Square. And so that was all very impressive to him. And he said, look, We've got a contract um, with the folks who are trying to develop the Walmart in Williston. Um, but 
you know, we know we're in a big permitting battle and that that may or may not happen. So we'll agree to do have a plan B. And if we do not get permitted in um, Williston, we will um, talk seriously about coming downtown. And in fact, we'll start the, the design process um, with you to try to fashion a design that would work in downtown Burlington. Interesting. Yeah, it was fascinating. Unfortunately, we lost the battle in Williston, and there they are. Um, the, we put them, we had dinner and put them up um, at Shelburne Farms yeah. for overnight. Yep, we, as I always say, we tried to nice them into submission. <laughs> and we uh, had a great dinner. Um, you know, there was their team and the folks um, that were up with us that included James Bresser from the governor's office um, and Bill Gilbert, who's a friend of mine and you know, was a um, former secretary of administration for Dick Snelling. So we wanted to demonstrate that this wasn't just a wacko, lefty, democratic idea, that there was um, support for this approach, our approach, across the political spectrum. So we had a fascinating dinner, and uh, the next day we went to Rutland, and um, they looked at downtown Rutland, and there was the Kmart location in downtown. Kmart had already made the decision that they were going to move out to the new mall that was going to be outside of town. But Tom C. looked around, and here was this price chopper, that was, um, turns out, was the largest grossing grocery store in the state of Vermont, right in downtown Rutland. Um, A TJ Maxx that um, was doing extremely well. I mean, he saw that there was real opportunity here. And there was a store that um, Kmart was vacating that was on the low end of what they like to do it was 70,000 square feet. And, um, but it was there. And so they said, so we like this location and we'll work with you on this. And they be- then began negotiating a lease with um, Net Properties. And as soon as they signed to the lease, they had to get a local permit. They had to get an Act 250 amendment. They had to effectively rebuild the store. They had to stock the store and get, get it open. And they did all of that in eight months. Wow. Do you, do you think that was a huge part because you guys were on their side? Absolutely. It was because everybody was holding hands. Um, we were fully supportive of this solution, the Vermont Natural Resources Council. Um, our partners um, were fully supportive of it. Local government was fully in support of it. State government was in support of it. I mean, there wasn't anybody at that point that um, thought that this was a bad idea. And that's why it only took eight months. And those I always like to use that example because we often hear people complain about the permitting process. 
Well, the permitting process can be tough, especially when you're doing trying to do something that's pretty stupid. And if you develop a plan that meets community needs and meets the advocates' needs, and you know we all can work out reasonable compromises for things, it can happen very quickly. Um, but if you're going to try to build in a greenfield and that there's lots of opposition from folks like us and VNRC and lots of local groups, you can end up in a 10, 15-year permitting battle. Right. Yeah. That makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's better for everyone because I can imagine that they're spending lots of money during that time period trying to get yeah. through all the hoops. Well, and it's not just the permitting cost. It's the opportunity, opportunity cost right. that, you know, here's um, this store that takes multiple years to get through. What are the profits that you have lost and are gone forever right. uh, because you're banging your head against a wall? Yeah. That really doesn't make much sense. So when did you guys meet with representatives in Arkansas? Um, there was a second um, designation of Vermont as an endangered place. Oh, wow. It was really unprecedented. Um, Emily Wadhams, who um, now lived, grew up in Burlington, great friend, um, is back here now, and she serves on our board. But back then, and I think it was in, believe it was in 2002, she was vice president um, for public policy at the National Trust. And um, there was a new wave of big box activity at that point. And so we started talking about the possibility of including Vermont again, and I was like, really? You would do this twice? And uh, Dick Moe, who was president of the National Trust, um, was very committed to this issue. Um, and he had been there back in 93 as well. And he just was all in. And so we got, um, Vermont was named a second time to be on the 11 most endangered list. And as I said, it was completely unprecedented. So shortly after that, um, I made a contact um, with a guy who at one point had worked for Senator Leahy um, and was now um, in doing, um, I think he was more than a consultant for Walmart. He was. Um, he was in their communications, uh, public affairs, running their public affairs operation. And so we were in touch, said, we'd really like to have another conversation about this. We really feel like um, we've got to find a different solution. And Senator Leahy was very supportive of that. And so he made that intro for us. And the Walmart folks agreed. So we all popped into a plane. Uh, we had Dick Moe, 
who's president of the National Trust, Peter Brink, who is vice president, senior vice president for programs at the National Trust, Emily Wadhams, um, myself, Henry Jordan, who um, had a foot in both camps. He had been chair of the board of the National Trust. I think he was still serving on the board of the National Trust at that point. But he was also our board chair because they have a place in Hardwick, Vermont. So we flew to Bentonville. We didn't know quite what to, what to expect. We had a meeting at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we all kind of marched into this little conference room. And, you know, this is not a place that has fancy corporate headquarters. You know, they, they do everything pretty inexpensively. And we marched into the room, and we didn't know quite who to expect. But lo and behold, um, Lee Scott, who was then CEO and president of Walmart, came to the meeting. What was that like, having and him in the room? It was wild. So, um, and we also had um, Eduardo Castro Wright, who was president of Walmart USA, we had um, uh, Mr. Zorn, who was head of real estate, um, and some other folks, you know, the public affairs folks as well. And we were kind of nonplussed by the presence of the CEO. We didn't expect that we were going to hit the jackpot. So on the way down in the, in the plane, Dick was saying, you know, we're going to get into that meeting, and I really want to punch them. You know, they have ruined communities all over this country, and I just want to blast them. And um, Emily and I were saying, well, wait, you know, we're trying to accomplish something here. We just don't want to just beat them up. We'd like them to come around to our point of view. And I'm, we're not sure that um, being highly critical of them um, is going to advance our agenda. And Dick said, I know, I understand, I get it, but I really have got to punch them because they really have had a big negative impact on communities all over this country. So we get there, and we get into the room, and Dick starts, and he punches him and beats him up and so on. And all the Walmart guys are sitting around going, mm, really grumpy, and like, why? Uh, you can imagine the expletive deleted what they were thinking about why are we sitting in this room with these wackos, wackos from, from, Vermont. from Vermont and the National Trust? And um, I thought, oh my God, this is going south really fast. So then Dick finished and he tossed it to me. And so then I um, said, okay, we got to pull this back somehow. So I told him the story of Walmart's first visit to Vermont. And our visit, when we came to downtown Burlington, I made a big strategic um, error in the timing 
and scheduling of the trip because we went to St. Albans first and then we went to downtown Burlington. Downtown Burlington, that noontime, was a summer day. It was jam-packed, as you can imagine, downtown Burlington and the marketplace gets in the middle of the summer. The cafes were full, uh, people were walking around, lots of shopping bags. It was just really fabulous at noon and at 1 o'clock. Well, we got there at 4 o'clock, and 4 o'clock was this little odd time between the lunchtime rush and the evening rush. So the street was empty. In St. Albans? In Burlington. In Burlington. In Burlington. It was empty. With the exception of these six or eight guys that were sitting on the rock out in front of Burlington Square. And and these were guys that were, you know, pretty tough looking (laughs) Um, just kind of hanging out. One of them didn't have a shirt on, but was wrapped with a python. <laughs> Great first impression of Burlington. Yes, absolutely. And I looked over at Bill Gilbert and I said, these guys are just going to get back on their plane and go back to Bentonville. This is, this is not working. But fortunately... Tom C., um, having, you know, the great real estate eye that he had, uh, could look around and see that there was a lot of business. So anyway, I told that story, and it really broke the ice. Everybody got to smile and laugh a little bit, joke a little bit about it, and so they got we got over that very first... <laughs> difficult time. And it was great. Then we really started to have a serious conversation. And we talked about smaller scale stores downtown. We talked about, you know, some specific issues and some specific locations that Walmart was proposing to build. And then about three hours later, They said, look, this has been really good. Um, We now understand a little bit more about why you all are concerned about this. Frankly, 10 years ago, when um, Vermont was declared an endangered place, we were here thinking, what? What are these people thinking? Why are... we're just we're doing God's work. You know, we're providing consumers with quality goods at low cost prices. Who could be against that? And why could anybody be against that? And they said, you know, and we, you know, still believe all of that, but we now understand a little better where you're coming from. And then I popped in and I said, wait, wait, um, before we go we really would like an answer to the question that we've asked about whether you all would consider designing a prototype that would be a small-scale store that would fit into downtowns in Vermont and all over America. And Eduardo Castro Wright, who was sitting next to me, and, and I should say that throughout all of this, the only person who really talked was Lee Scott. 
You know, everybody was deferring to him because they didn't quite know where he would want to go with this. Um, Are we just here to hear them out and go off and keep doing what we're doing? Or is he going to be interested in this idea? Well, for the first time, uh, Eduardo jumped into the conversation and he said, so I've already written down on my pad that I want to go to Vermont and take a look at these locations that you think might be good for us. And two, we absolutely should be thinking about developing a smaller scale prototype. Um, We're missing a lot of business by not um, serving downtowns and the people that live in and around those downtowns. And in Mexico, which he used to run, we had everything from little bodegas, little 1,000 square foot bodegas, all the way to 200,000 square foot super centers. So we need to have a variety of prototypes that fit in a variety of locations. And I was like, oh, whoa, jackpot. Yeah. We really hit it. And that was the end of the conversation. He said, I'm, we'll be in touch and we'll work out a time to come to Vermont and see what you have. And we're going to do some thinking about this because I think it's a good idea. And I think we, we're missing the boat if we don't um, do this. That's wild. It was completely wild. Wow. We just couldn't believe our luck. How did you feel walking out of that? Oh, walking on air. We all were like, oh, oh. And we, you know, nobody wanted to say anything for fear that, (laughs) you know, somebody would overhear us. So we all were like, oh. And um, we got out and got to our car and went, whoa, oh my God, this is crazy. They they bought the idea. Yeah. It was a hoot. Such a win too, oh, oh my gosh. Man. It was fabulous. So we couldn't wait to go to the original Walmart store downtown in downtown Bentonville, which is now a little museum. And so we went through the museum, and and maybe we did that before we went to the meeting. I'm not sure. Yeah, we did it before we went to the the meeting. Maybe that's what gave us, brought us some good luck. (laughs) Oh, that's that's amazing. So then it took a long time, but we did get Eduardo to come to Vermont and look at locations, and he was completely committed to trying to do downtown locations. And it was really the beginning of Walmart's efforts to build smaller scale stores in downtown. And they've done a lot of it around the country um, in larger places. And, you know, and then Target started doing exactly the same thing after some conversations that we had with Target in the same way. We didn't get Target's top management. We'd never had an audience with Target the way we had the audience with with Walmart, but, um, you know, it was made good sense. You know, it wasn't like it was a stupid idea. It was, 
a really good idea. And well, and it just goes to show how working together and and coming into something knowing that you're not going to get everything that you want, but being able to negotiate is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so it was, it was quite, quite a remarkable experience. Um, the bad part is that Eduardo left the company shortly, uh, not shortly, but a while after this. He got, um, um, started doing other things within the, in the company. And um, so we lost some real momentum. But then the world of retail has changed. And they're no longer building new stores the way they were. And they also have figured out that the, their strategy was kind of cannibalizing themselves, that they would build multiple stores in the same community or surrounding the same community, and they just were hurting each other's, you know, each other's store. They said one of the things that they said in the course of the meeting, Lee Scott said this, he said, looked at the numbers, and what's very interesting, but as a state, the Walmart stores that we have in Vermont are the most profitable stores that we have on a state-by-state basis in the country. And the reason was they don't have very many of them here. They didn't have very many of them at that point. And so they weren't competing with each other and they weren't cannibalizing each other. So that was a very interesting factoid, if you will, um, about uh, their operation. So all very, it was really an amazing, amazing experience. So when was the Rutland store finished? Do you know? The Rutland store was um, finished and opened in 1997. Um, The first store that opened was um, a small very small Walmart in a former Woolworths location in um, Bennington. Right. And it was in a strip location, not a location that we were very excited about, um, very supportive of, but it was a store that was half the size of what they normally built. And so we, in the end, bit our tongue and weren't aggressively supportive of it, but we were supportive. We didn't oppose it. And there wasn't any real opposition in Bennington um, for it. So we thought we got half a loaf there. Um, The Rutland store actually opened the same day as the Williston store. Um, and the Rutland store, from our standpoint, was um, a big, big win. And as I mentioned, it, you know, from the time they signed the lease to the time they opened the doors, it was eight months. And they opened the same day that the Williston Walmart did. And the Williston Walmart had been tied up in um, a permitting battle for like five or six years at that point. So it's a very interesting comparison from that standpoint. 
do you have any sense now how the Rutland store is doing and how um how the downtown and and Walmart interact and what it's like I think it, I think they're doing pretty well with the store. The store does is, is profitable. It's not everything that they would like the store to be. Um, every once in a while, we hear rumors that they're going to go out to the mall because the mall is basically shuttered at this point. Um, and so, you know, they're the owners of the mall will probably pay Walmart to go there, but they don't seem to be very interested in taking it on. They're very focused with a change in, with a change in retail. Um, that they're very focused on um, doing improvements to their existing stores, only opening new stores, which their real estate guy would call a grand slam. You know, no singles, no doubles. No triples, not even any home runs. They've got to be grand slams. Um, and um, they are investing heavily in um, internet and in digital platforms. Um, and so they're just not building new stores the way they used to. And so we've kind of weathered that onslaught, if you will, and the same thing is true for Home Depot and Lowe's. And, um, you know, they're just not building a lot of new stores. Um, and, you know, they see Vermont as difficult. And so why bang your head against the wall? Right, because the most recent one I can think of is Target. And even, I mean, I've heard mixed things about Target as well in terms of how people feel about it and how people feel about the store and the location and everything. But it is another example of a smaller store. Yes, and it is a smaller store. It, we missed a great opportunity by not getting them downtown. Right. One of the reasons why we like the idea of a Walmart or a Target in downtown is that it really ensures that Downtown is a place that serves the entire community. It's not just high-end retail, and it's not just a tourist place. It's a place where people can get all of the things that they need at prices um, that they're willing to pay, whether they're willing to pay high-end prices, um, higher-end, high-quality goods, or whether they you know, are in a position where they need to be able to buy um, goods at um, rock-bottom Prices. Right. I have a quick question about downtown too. Does that um, kind of push because of the zoning regulations people into form-based code, and you have more control over the way that the store it appears in the way that it kind of fits into the downtown space? I think that that's. I think that that's probably true. Um, that there are some really good things about form-based codes. Um, I think that they, and, and I'm not an expert, but I believe they really work in downtown. When you start applying form-based codes to neighborhoods and to outside um, community centers, then I don't think it works so well. 
because I think it ha can have a really negative effect on the character of um, the neighborhood, uh, a housing neighborhood. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Great. No, it's always fun to talk about um, this issue. It's um, it's one of the really important things that we've done as an organization over our 39-year history, and um, it's it's a very important um, piece of what's happened in Vermont over the last 30 years. So um, always happy to chat about it. And there's been some very fun stories. I mean, this trip to Bentonville and the outcome of that was just... I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was really wild. Yeah, I can't even very imagine fun. just being in the room with such powerful figures. Yeah. Well, and you realize that, as Harry Truman says, if you're a guy, you put your pants on one one leg at a time. <laughs> um, and uh, you know we're we're all pretty equal. We all can have good ideas, and we can you know talk to people in powerful positions and um, you know they may not be any smarter than we are thanks for listening to mud season and i hope you enjoyed our conversation with paul brune as much as we did if you enjoyed this please share brought to you by the center for research on vermont